You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our reflection for this morning is taken from the Gospel reading from Luke chapter 14, which was just read a moment ago. Everybody that I know enjoys a party. Well, (laughs) sometimes, you know, it depends, right? It depends on the situation and the circumstances and who's going to be there and what time of day it is and what you've got to do the next day. But in general, people enjoy a party, a banquet, a festival, a feast. And it's for, for, for many centuries and in virtually every culture, it is common to have a party when there's a wedding. Next weekend, I'm doing a wedding. I'm, I'm uh, officiating a wedding for two students from Concordia, Irvine, who just graduated and are getting married, and he's going to go off. Well, they're, they're going to the seminary in Fort Wayne uh, then in the fall. But uh, so in Fresno, I'll be, I'll be there for uh, the wedding and, and, and perform that. And then there will be a celebration afterwards, um, undoubtedly, where there will be food and beverages and probably music and maybe dancing will take place and all sorts of fun, free activities. Everybody likes a party. In the Bible, all the way from the beginning in the first book to the last, the kingdom of God is described like a banquet. And sometimes it's described in detail as to what sorts of food and wine there will be served at God's banquet. And sometimes it tells us that it's a wedding banquet, very specific, or that a king has called the banquet. Well, Jesus tells a story today, it's a parable, about a banquet that a man, it doesn't say a king, but I'll I'll just say a king gives a banquet and he invites a whole lot of guests and they all give an excuse for why they can't come. I bought a field. I've got to go examine my new oxen. I just got married. So the king sent his messenger out again and this time to invite the equivalent of all the homeless people he could find. The poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. That's what it says. Now the first thing that I would ask you to notice about this passage of Scripture is the king's hospitality. That the king wants to have his house full of people. Hospitality is kind of one of those lost virtues, almost lost. Some people have the gift of hospitality. You know who they are. Um, They are the ones who are just very good at hosting an event and making everyone feel comfortable and welcome and like they're important and having fun. But others of us have to struggle a little bit to make that happen. So some people are gifted at hospitality. And in some cultures, hospitality receives more emphasis than in others. The Middle East, where uh, where our Lord was from, that part of the world, 
has long and still today highly values being hospitable. And that's partly because it's a desert climate and if you are going from home to home or you're traveling in a desert climate, someone being hospitable to you and letting you come in and serving you something to eat and drink might be a matter of life or death because the sun is so scorching hot outside. I had a professor at the seminary who used to go uh, frequently to uh, uh, the Holy Land. And he said that one time he was meeting with this a Christian family, but they were uh, ethnically Arab, and they were typically hospitable, that they were inviting them in, this man, and, um, and you know, taking care of his comfort. And so they brought him some tea so he could quench his thirst. They brought him some dates for his hunger. And as they were chatting, he was making small talk, and he happened to compliment a tapestry that they had hanging on the wall. What a beautiful piece of workmanship that is. That is really a lovely tapestry. And the host said, you like this? Took it off the wall. It's yours. Gave it to him. And my friend, the professor, said, well, I'm glad I didn't praise the beauty of his daughter when she came in. Middle Easterners are known for their hospitality. So it's really interesting that Jesus speaks so often as He does about meals and banquets and table fellowship is a major theme in the Gospels for our Lord Jesus. But I want you to notice as you read the Bible and as you think through today's sermon that God is inviting people like us to come into His presence with feasting. It says in Isaiah 25, on this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. So in the Old Testament you have this. And then in the book of Revelation it says, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then in our parable when the king was ready for his banquet, he sent the messenger out with this message, Come, for all things are now ready. Come, for now all things are prepared. Everything is ready. Now you know, in our culture, when you get invited to someone's home, it's kind of common to say, is there anything I can bring? Should I... Bring an hors d'oeuvre or a salad or maybe a bottle of wine. But with God's banquet, there's nothing for us to bring. It's all ready. It's all there. It's been completed. All the work. All the preparation. Your salvation is accomplished. That's what that means. All we have to do is be there. Come, for now all things are ready. We are called to simply receive the benefits of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness, life, and eternal salvation. We are called to receive those gifts not because of the works we have done, but simply by the invitation of our Lord and Master. Now the second thing I want to point out, so the first thing was about the hospitality of the King. 
The second thing I want to point out is who ends up at the banquet table. Now, the men who made excuses weren't going off for drunkenness and wild living. There's nothing sinful in what they were doing, were they? Was there? There's nothing wrong with buying property or expanding your business or starting a family. In fact, those are good and holy activities. But I think Jesus is trying to suggest to us today that sometimes it's not just the obvious sins that get in the way between us and God. It is the good works we do that can sometimes distract us from God's grace. It's not only the obviously wicked behavior that interferes with our relationship with God. Sometimes it's the good stuff that we do in our lives that become the problem. Things like work and family. Work and family are good and holy and blessed and God wants us to work hard and provide for our family and have children, raise our kids and and be a blessing to our neighbors. He wants us to do those things. But sometimes those things, even those good things that God calls on us to do can become idols in themselves if they distract us from our relationship with our Creator. So these things, jobs, property, relationships, good in themselves, but they become great evils if they are more highly valued by us than God is. The king then said, bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. Now these are the people who never got invited to parties I told you last week how the, the story Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus was all about reversal. Well, this is kind of that way too, where there's sort of an unexpected ending to this story. These folks, their lives are not filled with excuses. The poor can't buy fields and oxen. The crippled and the, and the lame and the blind, the implication is, are not going to have weddings to go to and parties and, and responsibilities. They have nothing. And for them, the invitation would be a complete surprise. And what a sight that party must have been. These are the folks that there's no social advantage to invite to your home. The first group of people, those are the self-sufficient, the successful, the beautiful ones, the, the people who have their acts together. The banquet would be fine unless you have something better to do. In contrast to that first group of guests, you've got the second group. And think about this group. Which do we identify with? The dependent, the needy, the handicapped, the broken, damaged, filled with doubts, marked with baggage, afraid. They're hungry and they're alone. But they are the ones sitting at the table with the king. And he is treating those folks, not the others, those folks as his honored guests. He is treating them like his own family. And the message is that God accepts those who are least acceptable on account of what Jesus did on the cross. God is reconciled not to the righteous, but to sinners by Jesus Christ who died to pay for all your sins. Jesus Himself dines frequently with fallen women and criminals. 
He dines with murderers and adulterers. And that sort of thing offended the self-righteous Pharisees. But God welcomes sinners to His table because in Christ they are not sinners. In Christ they are seen as saints by God. In Christ, my friends, all the humiliating things that you have ever said and done, all the things that you wish you could erase about your own past, all the things that you may be too embarrassed to name out loud, all of that is washed away and bleached by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is now no condemnation for those who are joined to Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between, God is inviting men and women and children to come, listen to His promises, and enjoy His gifts. God is not some distant, supreme being, some metaphysical mystery out there overseeing the cosmos who is difficult to find. Rather, God is near. He is close by. He's right here, in fact. He came in the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And He came to dwell with us. And that same Jesus who died on the cross, that same Jesus who spilled His innocent blood to pay for our sins so that we could live forever, that same Jesus is present in His body and blood in the bread and wine that we come to today. This is the banquet. This is the foretaste of the feast to come. So come. All things are now ready. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.